Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toppy, toppy. Hello and welcome to ABW Live. Yes, we're back. How are we? Are we all going to be happy bunnies tonight? Joining me tonight, we've got is our man up north. It's Josh. Say hello, Josh. Hello, Josh. Hey, you got that right. How are you, pal? You okay? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Just been pressing some buttons backstage. Loads to discuss, isn't it? Loads to discuss. Yeah. Then we've got the man who ruins Andrew... F well, when Andrew Fife is in Canadian Wolf, he ruins his journey week in, week out. Every day he's looking for him and he's stopping the trains. Carl, say hello, bro. Hello, bro. How are you, pal? You okay? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Back in the old swing of things, eh? Yeah, it's like we never left. It's like we never had a three-month gap of football. And finally, we have... Oh, he's so terrible. You know, he's been he's been spreading COVID around the seven seas. He's been pillaging and plundering. It's the dirty pirate. Say hello, Chris. Hello, Chris. How are you, pal? You gay? Um, I'm bearded, I'm hairy, and I'm homeless. I'm not homeless, but it just looks like I'm homeless. I'm fine, mate. I'm fine. Expect nothing. You won't be disappointed. It's all good. But, do you know what? I had hope tonight. I had hope. But just just think, Joe, this... This is what Spurs fans feel like every week. It's like, it's, it's you know. It's oh, be a bit. If you've ever watched Welsh rugby, okay, I've been through this many an occasion. <laughs> okay, many an occasion. <laughs> but here we go. Well, before we get into it, a couple of quick shout outs. First of, first of all, Alonso Spencer. Alonso, on behalf of us all, get well soon, pal. Um, you know, keep your chin up. You're young, you'll do well, you'll be okay. Um, so, from all of us at ABW, get well soon. Um, second one is to the Gooners pod. They did a podcast with Aston, oh, Aston Mark, sorry, this week. I do apologise, um, Aston. Um, it was excellent. Um, Aston was filmed in Orlando. Uh, it went his Arsenal jersey at a Black Lives Matter protest. It was all peaceful. It was no nonsense. And he spoke to the police and he articulated his feelings really, really well, and I thought the boys did a great job with the podcast. It was excellent. I don't consider this a, a political matter. I consider this a human rights and common decency matter. I just want everybody to get on and do well. Um, uh, but um, well done, boys. Well done, boys. Right. Okay, so let's get straight into it. Lineups. Josh, over to you. Chimp for the show. Neil says, imagine the furore if Unai Emery to pick that lineup, uh, some homegrown kids in there. I think that was a good thing to see. I think the biggest surprise was, to be honest, Willock starting. I think the rest of that back five, I'd had Mari starting. I was almost certain he would start because the whole reason we brought him in was because he was a left foot centre back, and that's yeah. what Arsenal wanted. So that made sense that he'd come in. But yeah, I think it then comes to the kind of midfield. It was what did he want to kind of achieve with it? Um, we've seen that Jacker and Guendouzi is probably the most serviceable two we've got in the middle at the moment. Um, Sabios is, it, you know, it depends what we've got to do because we've got these games coming thick and fast. 
it's not also what are we doing from minute one it's yeah. what are we looking to do at half time as well so i think that's where kind of the rotation was going to come in and then yeah and ketia up front i don't want to sound like a massive hipster but i fucking called that as well i said and ketia would start i said it all week uh it doesn't matter i, 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 I was shocked i was shocked why, why? I, I know he was picking him beforehand, but I didn't think Niketi had done enough to keep his pay, place. I thought if you look at um, the options of Martinelli or with the experience of Lacazette, I I, I got to be honest, I was a bit shocked by that. Okay. Uh, I mean, I had Niketi because of his work rate. That's why we've yeah. seen him going up front. He hadn't scored goals for us at all. He hasn't been a great striker, but he's shown that he's got work rate. His build-up play needs improving. That's why he was meant to have yeah. a season-long loan at Leeds, was so he could improve that. But things happen. But yeah, I think I can see why it was a little bit confusing. Um, but yeah, as I say, Willock was the biggest surprise for me starting in, the mid- in that midfield. I, I did have, you know, as you say, he's got to look at the upcoming games. It's really difficult. Um, let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. Um, Carl, first to you. Weather's horrendous. Um, it's pouring down up there. We get an early break. Nothing comes of it. And then we get Mari um, uh, getting, getting his feet fitting wrong and taking Sterling out at the edge of the box. And Leno's forced into a, a, a good, really good save from a smart Kevin De Bruyne free kick. What were your thoughts of that? kind of knew where the game was going to go from then. It was um, Man City was just on the attack from sort of minute one. We were getting some good tackles as well. We were getting onto loose balls. I thought that Guendouzi was um, quite good in the first maybe 15, 20 minutes. I thought he was cutting out balls, cutting out passes, uh, passing it about. I thought he was very good. Um, yeah, from the, the free kick from uh, KDB, I thought that good save from our goalkeeper, which you know it was one of many for the night. And after that, you just thought, well, if we can steady the ship a little bit, then maybe we can get something out of the game. Um, obviously, it wasn't meant to be. However, I need to shout out. We'll talk about him later on, but definitely to shout out our goalkeeper because he definitely kept the score from being much more than it was. After five minutes, Jacques, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it is the actual collision with Guendouzi. What happened? Jacques is off after five minutes and Sabayos is on. Um, ankle caught in the turf. Classic, classic case of um, nothing you it can was, do about it, just unfortunate. So it was in the turf before you hit Scrandoozy, was it? Yeah, if you, if you watch, I think it's the third, second or third replay, um, he, he sort of steps across and is, is the classic, yeah, the, the front two or three studs caught in the grass and his ankle just rolls and that, to me, probably Dom's a better one to ask, but looked like ligaments to me. Um, so I mean, at least we'll have have an improved midfield, a more mobile midfield. No, I'm joking. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a shame for for Xhaka, But you know, I, you know my thoughts on him in this team. But it was yeah, it was it was not a um, a collision. I don't think the collision helped in terms of his landing. But the injury was done before that, and yeah, worst possible start to a fully fit squad. Remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah, just, didn't, didn't last I, very long, did it? Genuinely, couldn't believe it. You know, you, you're looking at it, and you can see his face. And he knew he was in trouble from the off. It was just, it was horrific to see. And all of a sudden, all the experience is gone from the midfield. You know, you've got, you know, your elder statesman is 23 in Ceballos, who's not played a lot of regular football up until sort of coming to us. 
You know, at, at Real, he's been a bit part player. Um, then you've got Guendouzi, and then you've got Willock, and their form before the break was poor. But let's move on. Josh, you you, you see City started the game. Every, everybody was a bit rough, but you could see the quality they had. You had Kevin De Bruyne. He's just head and shoulders the best player of the park, isn't he? Definitely. I think it's also what helped them a lot was the fact that this is a, a team that has been playing Guardiola football for three and a half seasons. I think from that regard, it's um, you know a lot easier for them to kind of get back into the fold and back into the swing of things. Whereas us, what although we've had these kind of 11, 12 weeks off, that's been under pretty weird circumstances and I think that's why we looked a little bit rusty in those that kind of first. Well, you could say ninety minutes, but uh, um, <laughs> first forty-five at least. Well, to be fair, I mean he's gone for a bit. You know, I, I know we've got a lot of youngsters in there, and they've all played for us this season. You know, they haven't played together in that team. There's an awful lot of inexperience going up to a very good side, wasn't it? Yeah, but I mean, he's gone for legs in that team over anything really and players that will listen to a manager's instructions more than you know say a more experienced player yeah. you know they're, they're easily molded those kind of players and I think he's got a system that he wants to play he just set out with that team it it could be looked at almost like a sign to say look these are the only players that I'm willing to pay with because they're the only ones that will listen to me. We've seen the things with the kind of the athletic and how all of the players have been, you know, responding to Arteta and how he's responding to them. I think it just shows a need that we know this squad needs our overhaul in the summer. But I think it's just another kind of signal that this needs to happen. City are a good side. They are by far and away the second best team in the league. No, no arguments there. Carl, um, yeah, my next note is like after 20 minutes, City looking slick. We look okay. The boys are working hard. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, you've, you've got... You, I thought Ceballos is looking okay in the ball. I thought Guendouzi was working hard off the ball, you know, but we were, we were struggling to find runners in midfield. Then my next note is Marion Jesus. What the hell is going on there? And then obviously... We've got a calf strain. Um, he pulled up quite nastily, and after 23 minutes, we we make two substitutions. But the big thing is, we're taking those two substitution slots with five subs, aren't we? Yeah, I think I think it's quite good what they do about the five subs. Definitely in this climate where players have had a little break and then had to come back, so definitely it's good that they do that. I, I also do agree with the five subs in the three slots because what you don't want is people making five subs and wasting time and things like that so I definitely kind of I I do agree with that I I think it's a good idea that they've done that but then it is worrying because if you have to make two substitutions after 20 minutes you know that if you want to make a third one and you want to change it up you have to bring on three players at once which ultimately we did but yeah after Seeing him go off, uh, Mari go off, you, you was kind of thinking, oh, what next? Like, what next could happen? Yeah, how I asked that question. And God definitely answered me, didn't he? But um, it was, yeah, not good to see that happening. And I hope he's not out for too long. 
um, because we're kind of down to bare bones with centre-backs at the moment, aren't we? Again, it's not, nothing new for Arsenal, to be honest, but um, I hope it's just a little pull and hopefully after a, a week or two, he can get back. The, pro- the problem we've got, the games are coming thick and fast. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of games in a short space of time, so it's not going to be easy. Um, Chris, you know, we, we've had a terrible first 25 minutes with regards to injury, but we're working hard off the ball. We're not very creative on it, okay? We're struggling to get five runners and channels, etc. but we're having a go, aren't we? You know, we're, we're not just, we're not just um, uh, defending. When we've got the ball, we're making the effort. It's just getting those lanes of passing open. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think... Uh, one thing that wasn't lacking tonight was effort. I just don't think we're good enough, Chase. I, I think I think you have to look at... I, I guess it's more of a, an overall point than the individual part of the game. But just from start to finish, there's a, there's a clear difference in, in levels of sides. Um, yeah. And I know we'll come on to kind of the probably more than any other business topic but um I'm, I'm fully beh- i'm fully behind what michael ateta is trying to do and obviously we haven't been sort of pre- we, we haven't been seeing everything that's gone on in training etc but i genuinely think somebody tweeted it i can't remember who it was who, who said but somebody said who if, if unai am ready to pick this starting 11 all hell would have broken loose and, yeah. and i do yeah. feel like he kind of yeah, I, I just, I just feel like he, I just feel like maybe he tried to go a bit too, you know, you know when Guardiola does that thing in Europe where he sort of goes, ah, do you know what that's? We'll put I'm at Laporte up front today, and we'll put Mendy in goal because I'm Pepper, I can do what I like. I got the feeling like Arteta sort of had a bit of that tonight. It's like ah, fuck it, you know, it's a free game. We'll just chuck anybody in. And I did, I did feel like it was a bit of a, a bit of a strange choice of lineup. Um, so I know that's a bit aside from the point, but yeah, to your point. I just I don't think we're good enough. The, the, the efforts there, the willingness is there from some players, <laughs> but um, I don't think we're good enough. And, and I don't want to be defeatist, but I kind of I tuned in just not expecting anything, and I got exactly what I thought I was going to get. And the only disappointment for me, and I know jo- Josh touched on this, it might be in your notes. At nil nil, uh, um, Eddie and Katty is assaulted, and nothing's given. Funny that, isn't it? Funny. Yeah, funny yeah. That. We're going to come on to that. I mean. Um... You know, we, we see we see a string of saves. Um, yeah, look, my notes here are good break. Um, Willock then um, plays not the greatest ball to Saka. Saka can't make anything of it, comes to nothing. City are controlling it, but we're defending well. And, you know, I, I, I give I give Matty Ogwenduzi an awful lot of stick, okay? But I thought his effort and... The way he he worked he worked so hard off the ball was excellent. I thought Ceballos looked okay on the ball when he had it. When he had a, you know when he when we had a bit of possession, Ceballos looked okay. But we you know there were levels. It was men against boys at times. Um, Josh, you you come to a string of saves. Um, sorry, no. Here we go. We'll go straight to it. Eddie Nketiah pulled down, two arms round him. Um, if somebody was to tell me the referee can't see it, I'm saying bullshit. Okay, there's two arms over, nothing given. Your thoughts, please, mate. Uh, Anthony Taylor is a corrupt official, the bold fucking cunt. 
There you go. That's that's the opinion. But that's not even an opinion. It's straight up fact. Deal with it. And, 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 and this is and this is a fact, yeah. isn't it? You know, this is every single fucking game. I mean, the first time, oh, well, ever since Arsene Wenger called Anthony Taylor a disgrace as a referee, it's like he got slightly offended about that, and now we'll take it out on Arsenal, irrespective of who our manager is. Because since that moment, we haven't had a... I mean, I mean to be fair, it's also coincidence. We've also, we've also been shit during that time. But we've had no decisions go our way since Arsene Wenger called Anthony Taylor a coward and a corrupt son of a bitch. So... The question was, was Arsene Wenger right? Oh, oh yeah, he is right. Because there's plenty of screenshots of exactly... The assault of Eric. I know Eric Garcia got a proper assault at the end of the game, but I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous because that's less contact than David Luiz puts in on Mares when he dives. So I don't okay. know what's going on there, to be honest. So I like, I'd be fine with David Luiz getting a red card if Eric Garcia got one for that. That's probably where I'd put it out. It's just about consistency, and it just wasn't a consistent decision. It's this thing of him acting as if he doesn't see it, you know. Nothing in that. There's two fucking arms around him. I mean, there's only there's only like thirty people in the fucking stadium now. He's not like put off by someone in the crowd calling him a bold twat. You never know. There could be be four people calling him a bold twat. I'm getting on Sky VIP and I'm going into cam and I'm going to have like little signs up like they do at the end of Love Actually, and it's just going to scroll through and just as Anthony Taylor, you're a cunt. That's all I'm going to have now. That's it. It's my mission for the rest of the I evening. Mean, Sorry, guys. It, I might be busy. It, it, was, it was shameless. It was absolutely shameless. Oh. And, you know, I'll call him a cheat here because if they ever want to take legal action, we've got all the evidence in the world. It's all on celluloid. It's all on... Well, it's all digital now. Sorry. But it's all on film. So there you go. Carl, I, I've then got... Um, my notes, here we go. Leno saves from Sterling. Silver looking good. Leno saves from Silver. Leno saves from uh, Mares. <laughs> Great pass from KDB. Sterling fires over. KDB Brill. Sensational passing. The pressure was on at this point, wasn't it? It really was. They were turning the screw when they were just building that pressure with every, every time they had possession of the ball. It did uh, coincide with David Lewis coming on, but... You know, coincidence. Oh yeah, our midfield's gone nowhere. I, 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 I get. I'm gonna go to a, a David Louise. Okay, I get. I'm gonna go to David Louise for the goals, but it's not his fault that we can't control the ball in midfield. It's not his fault we can't control the ball up top. You know, for for all we're gonna have a go. We're gonna have a go, at David Louise later, right? But the front three were fucking nowhere, right? The midfield. Was fucking awful. Could not, could not compete at all. So then we're going to blame it all on the defenders. I call bullshit because I'll tell you one thing: when we did break, we fucked it and we fucked it properly every single time. But this, all this possession, you know, the the, the, the guys up, up top did not do their jobs properly. We did not close down. We did not put pressure on the ball in midfield. And then we're going to have a go, David Luiz. I think that's a bit. I I, I think we're just victimising there. I genuinely do. 
You're just going to appear more than allow me to answer the question, Jason. But anyway, I will answer your question. <laughs> so, as I was saying before you interrupted yeah, me, um, yes, you did coincide with David Luiz coming on. However, however, I do agree with you in a point where our midfield was non-existent. Uh, unfortunately, although I'm not Jacques's biggest fan, I can understand why. Xhaka was picked. He was picked to try and control the ball to, for his passing ability. And obviously, when he went off, we had Guendouzi, who, who was playing well up until such time, but who evidently is kind of a headless chicken. We have Danny Sabayas, who does all the pretty things. He does. He, you know, he can go past a player. I give him that. I mean, he's no Santi Gazzola, but the man can go past a player, but he's got no end product. He doesn't release the ball at the right time. That's what I think personally think. And I still don't understand playing Aubameyang on the left. The man has is our top goal scorer and you don't play him up front. I, I personally don't understand that. And Ketia, as good as he is, and he's probably he's going to be our future and he's going to, you know, he probably he's going to be at the club for a long time. Whether he can make it or not, who knows? I don't know. However, um, I, I just don't think the team just played well. We used to believe. We said, there's a belief around Arsenal that we're not good enough. And I think the players seem to believe it as well. As as, as much as, you know, Manchester City are a fantastic team. You know, they are, could be the best team in the, in the league, but obviously the league doesn't lie. Liverpool are at, at present. But, you know, when they start getting their passing or when they stroke the ball about, it's, it's fantastic to watch. As a neutral, you're looking at that thinking, wow, they are absolutely fantastic. And oh, unfortunately, we just don't have the players that can match up to the likes of KDB and the, and the likes of all the others in the midfield. And, you know, Manchester City have assembled a squad that is absolutely beautiful. It's, it's sublime when they're on their game. Imagine... Imagine having a squad where you can leave Aguero on the bench. That is how good Manchester City are. They can leave Aguero on the bench because they don't need him. They didn't need him. It's fine. It was only Arsenal. And for me, that spoke volumes. But, you know, they just outpassed us. And the, the fact that we had two shots on goal and none on target for the whole game speaks volumes. Yeah, we'll, we'll come to that a bit later. No, 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 no. I, I got a bit. I do agree. Um, a couple of quick shout-outs. We got Chris here because we're about to go to the sharp end. Yvonne Nicole Four, she's back. Hello, Yvonne. How are we? Thomas McClements, Eric and Dude Z, um, Sanam Grung. You get two shout-outs today. Uh, Jeffrey O'Hara, Archie's there. Formerly Nozers there. Rudy Rastlos, Mister Epic, G Wills. Um, uh, who else? I've missed him. Um, Avon Teddington's there, Carlito Elguna, and there was one other, Cyan Vesh, and Ron Lee. How are we all? How are we, guys? Um, yeah, we're back. Football's back. And things uh, don't change, do they? They just don't change. They just do not change. Fair play. Chris, um, so my next notes are... Um, how many fouls is Kyle Walker allowed to have? Because he just, he, he just, you know, the, it was the usual Man City um, uh, shenanigans. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, do you know what? It, it was. It's frustrating, isn't it? It's frustrating. Um, and then we have the goal. Um, there's zero pressure on KDB. It's a good ball. 
but you know, as, as Josh said before we started, is it because you know does does Louise get his um uh, his body shape all wrong because he's right footed and not left footed? Uh, but he, he just butchered it, didn't he? And and Sterling makes no mistake. Yeah, um, the whole the whole goal was a mess. The whole goal was a mess. Uh, lack of pressure in midfield, which we've been saying. I think that that's something that's as a big worry for me because that's something that you sh- that's something that professional clubs will work on in training every single day of the week. Pressure on. It's not now in the modern game. It's not about the assist. It's not even about the second assist. It's about the third, fourth, fifth assist. It's about stopping a move at source. The best teams in the world. And you just mentioned it there, Man City's rotational fouling. The best teams in the world will stop a move at source. And two of the goals we've conceded tonight, I've got to confess, I didn't see the third goal because I turned off by them, but never mind. Um, but <laughs> I know. But um, yeah, the, the the first goal in particular, um, we'll see we'll come on to the second goal, but it's just, a, it, it's it's poor from all sides. Like you said, there's lack of, lack of um, closing down in, in the forward, in the, the sort of midfield forward area. Um, when you allow a player like Kevin De Bruyne to pick out a pass, you know he's he's a world class talent on his day, and, and he's going to pick that pass out. As for David Luiz, um, yeah, I, I, it, it's it's so schoolboy, it's untrue uh, for from a man of that ability, and he has got ability. The problem with David Luiz is that he's got he's got ability as as a holding midfielder um, who likes a pass. As a centre back, he's bloody useless unless it yeah and and i know some people say oh yeah but it was all right before the lockdown yeah he was fine against burnley at home and and, you know bloody villa at home yeah fine like me and you would do all right in that centre-back partnership there jason you know these are the games against the big clubs where you need big performances and i've seen in the chat a few people have come out and said you know he's come out after the game he's fronted up don't fucking right you should front up you're an international supposed player on what is it 20 odd million quid you don't right. You should front up, but it's very easy to come out after the game and say, "Oh, sorry, lads. You know, I had a bit of a stinker." Well, that's not good enough. You, you're on the bench for a reason. You, you were, you, you weren't picked for a reason. I'm sure a lot of that is to do with the contractual situation. You know, Mikel's learned from Arsenal on that one, probably. But when you're called upon, you put in a performance, uh, and for all the stick that that um, Squadron Mustafi gets, and rightly so, if he makes that mistake, he's rightly crucified. Yeah, that's fine. But for David Luiz to make that mistake when he's apparently been our best defender and, and to make what I think is a worse mistake than I've seen in a long time, like you said, body position, um, reading of the game, he's not aware. He's, he's, he's The way he plants his foot as he, as he tries to turn, everything's wrong about it. Everything's wrong about it. I also thought Leno could have possibly done a little better. And that's not to criticise Leno because he, he you know he's clearly our best player on the day. I just felt that Sterling... To be fair, took the shot early and it was a good finish. But from that angle, you kind of want your goalkeeper maybe to, to stand up and, and push that away. But I'm not, as I'm not criticising Leno. It's just one of those things that I would have looked at again. But yeah, I mean, you know, for, for me, David Luiz is he's a great personality and and he's a he's a great a great dressing room leader. But for the money we're spending on him and 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 where we are as a club, I need a lot more than that. A lot more than that. I think the last comment really highlights it well, okay? Because I've got to be honest with you, I, I'm taking a slightly different view on this. I, I think, you know, we, we, we've all played those games that's horrible where you get your feet stuck, you know, you, you, you know what it's like. You know, it's been raining, you're not, you, you, you make one mistake and it's calamitous, you know, and it leads to, it leads to a, a number of errors. 
the, the, the eras before the pass from KDB. I mean, Christ, you know, he could have sat down, had a fag and made the pass. There was zero pressure on him. There's nobody even looking. Aubameyang's way up. He's not interested in, in, in tracking back. The midfield think it's somebody else's job. Tierney's on, on the back foot trying to bring it back in a position. You know, our setup was awful for that. Okay. The the only the only thing I'd say the only thing yeah. I'd say to that, Chase, is if you put the shoe on the other foot, Man City had a twelve year old centre back in their team today who's barely had any Premier League football under his belt. He didn't switch off all game. He didn't let he didn't make any mistakes. That that would be the only thing I'd say. I think it's a concentration thing with David Luiz. It's the whole it's his whole career in, in a nutshell. To to be fair, to be fair, Garcia at the other end. He hasn't got he hasn't got much defending to do. He's made two plays all game. And you know, that, that's all he's done. And when know, he and did have to defend, he fouled him. And yeah. Anthony Taylor said <laughs> it was fine. Uh, and then <laughs> to be fair, there was also a period of time in the second half where he had very little concentration. Yeah, yeah, we'll let that one settle in, Jace. That you just uh, work out what I was talking about there. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, you know, you, you know my thoughts on these boys, okay? I get carried away with this crap. Um, Carl, I want, I want your opinion on that goal as well because I don't know. I just, I, I just think it summed up the fact that. It was men against boys. You look at the challenges all over the park. You know, City were far more physical. Um, their passing, as you said earlier on, was beautiful. It was, you know, it was crisp. It was cleaner. They, they've had three years together. They know what they're doing. But it just it just pained me to watch it, you know. And I, I, I like Luis, okay? I do, you know, but he's got to do better, hasn't he? You can't defend the indefensible, Jason. The man is a professional footballer, and I, I, I seem to say this quite a lot when I, when I on here. Uh, he is a professional footballer. He gets paid millions, absolute millions, for the job that he does. I know you're not always going to be good at the job that you do. I know you're not always uh, you're going to make mistakes. But at certain times, how many times do we have to come on to do a podcast and? talk about David Luiz's mistakes. We can talk about so many of them, so, so many of the mistakes that he's made. And we're still talking about them. Yes, he's old and we're probably at a time you can't train them out of him because you can't teach an old dog new tricks as the saying goes. Yeah, but I want to ask you a question. I want to expand on that, okay? Um, Sorry, but... So so we'd seen in the build up to that goal, okay... The pressure building, you know, Leno made four good saves in the, you know, in the runner. City had built the pressure. Okay, there's nothing stopping the runners going through on the on the back four. Is it just the back four we're going to worry about, or do you think, you know, look, that midfield's given them zero protection? Our midfield has not given our defenders protection since 2012, probably. Like, I'm, and that's not an overestimation either. It's probably the truth. Um, we just don't do it. Our midfielders just switch off. It's, it's happened for so, so long. I mean, I think our last quote-unquote defensive midfielder that we had was, God bless him, Francis Coquelin. And, you know, he's gone. And we have got Lucas Torreira, who... 
you know, is a is he a number ten? Is he a box to box? I don't know. Under Unai, he wasn't number ten, wasn't he? But like, um, you know, if he was to play in the defensive midfielder role, he he would do a job, and he has been doing a job for us when he's been playing. Uh, but at the end of the day, Jason, the mistake was made by David Luiz. You know, there were so many other things he could have done in that scenario. He could have left it and let the ball bounce through to the goalkeeper. He has a left foot. This is what I don't understand. If he had a left foot, he could have turned it. If he had just, like Chris said, his concentration, you know, to think, oh, where's the ball going to bounce? Let me take a step back and try and control it. But he lets the ball bounce off his fight and leads it into the, into the path of Raheem Sterling. You can't defend that. A professional footballer, imagine a doctor or um, a brain surgeon having the amount of mistakes that David Luiz has at his job. He'd be struck off. And I understand that, you know, brain surgeon and, and yeah. talking about David Luiz is like, obviously, two worlds apart. But you can't make that many mistakes in your job and expect everything to, to, to be okay. It, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work in the quote-unquote real world and it shouldn't work in the football world. Now, I'm not saying sack him. That's stupid. But at the end of the day, he's just come on TV now talking about he wants a new contract, blah, blah, blah. Why do you deserve a new contract? You play shit like that and then you want us to pay you hundreds, £100,000 a week for that performance. And there's four penalties given away this season, isn't there? Yeah, right. So, so, yeah. so why do you... Des- if I was Mikhail Teta and I was a, and I was the board, I was uh, Raul and all sorts, I'd sit down with him and say, why do you deserve, to, one, to play for Arsenal, and two, for all the money that we're going to pay you? You tell me why you deserve that. I, 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 to be fair, mate, that's a good argument. I, I, I think, you know, that's something to come back to you because obviously you had something to say on that. It's well said. Okay. Let's move on then. Um, uh, so end my, my notes at the end of the first half. City were excellent. We showed grit, but the pressure told. That was kind of my take from it. Josh, um, well, okay. So I my first note from the second half is Eddie out muscling the port. I thought that's nice. That's the first time I've seen it from us all night. Uh, all night. And then um, penalty. Am I right? In, I, I, my my opinion on this is: if it's another team, it's a yellow card and a penalty. Um, I couldn't fucking believe it when he gave the red card. It's a penalty. I got no problem with it. But after what we saw from Garcia earlier on, it's a joke, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I mean, if we're going with consistency, I would most likely say it's not even a penalty, to be honest, because we saw rougher challenges in that, uh, you know, in the central midfield kind of area. And even, the, yeah, to hark back to it, the Garcia on Nketiah incident in the first half that weren't blown up for fouls at all. Uh, it seemed to be the only way that Arsenal players ever got a foul given for us was if Danny Ceballos went and screamed his head off. Um, I mean, I was listening without the crowd noise. I tried it for a bit and then I just couldn't be bothered. Um, <laughs> it's all right for Bundesliga and stuff like that because I have those games on in the background, but I was trying to concentrate. And to be honest, that still only highlighted the fact that British com- commentators who aren't on radio are fucking awful. Um, 
because it just was not a good thing to listen. I mean, 10, 15 minutes of Gary Neville trying to explain to us that planes can't fly in the fucking rain. Oh, <laughs> have a day off. It's ridiculous. Sorry. I'll try and get back to the point about how Mares dives. Um, it's, you know, uh, we've kind of, Carl kind of mentioned already that you know, David Luiz is an experienced defender. You'd think if a diving little prick gets in behind you, probably don't put your arms over him because he's going to dive. And <laughs> that's what happens. Um, it goes over easily. And yeah, Anthony Taylor is happy. So happy. You can see the joy in his face. I thought, I thought to be honest, he was an Everton fan because he didn't want that lot, you know, just around the corner from that stadium to win the league at Goodson Park. So he's like, I'm giving them at least six Man City. There's a chance they can get this league again. Um, yeah, and he just sends off Louise, which I think is mental. Um, Howard doesn't go to VAR, and they think probably should be a yellow because, as much as it's kind of double jeopardy, Morris has still got a lot to do from there. Yeah, he's cutting in onto his left foot, and that's a stronger foot. But have you seen what Leno's been doing all day? He's been saving the left, right, and centre. Yeah, uh, it's not necessarily a goal, but. You know, it could be a blessing in disguise. Uh, Louise is now what suspended for four games because the second yellow card, of the, the second red card of the season. Um, I, don't, I, I to be honest, admit, I don't know. I, I look up the double jeopardy rule on that one. Um, well, no, because it's two red, uh, two red cards is it's longer anyway. No, 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 no. But on the on the actual red card, I yeah. thought there was double jeopardy on it. And, uh, no, goalkeeper you know, only on double jeopardy. Uh, you no, can still get sent off for a bit. Yeah. If he's made an attempt for the ball, if it's a genuine attempt mm. for the ball, then it's a yellow. Uh, but yeah. if he's made an attempt for the ball, then it's a red. So, so it's oh, yeah. I I just found it sickening to watch. To be honest, mm. I, I you know you you've got that state of shock when you see the red card come out. You know, I was expecting a yellow all day long, and it, it, it was just ludicrous. Or um, just even a you know what? I've seen referees before give a penalty like that and not even book a player. Yeah. Similar incident and just gone, nah, it's bad enough. Although, to be fair, maybe he thought he was doing us a favour by sending off Louise, as I say, because he's now suspended for three or four games. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got Marion. Oh, I, I don't want to think about it. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Um, oh, who takes a penalty? Kevin De Bruyne, you know that guy. Yeah, you've been TDB. singing his praises, praises all game. I can't, I can't, I couldn't remember. I, I could, honestly, Tin Tin. I love him. I think he's, he's fantastic. Okay, I he's just a player. I love watching. His ambition is unbelievable. Jay. Yeah. Just one quick thing I've just noticed. Just, just because I know we're going to move on from David Luiz. Yeah, see the quote after the game. No, that he said. It was not the team's fault. It was my fault. That's fine. This bit, I should have taken a different decision in the last two months, and I didn't. That if that quote is legit, um, I'm not sure. I, I I'm not sure I can I can do football anymore because yeah, that quote to me basically says that that quote to me basically says that he's had an opportunity to do something in the last two months, which is in, obviously about his contract or something to do with his contract, and he's chosen not to. If that's the case, if that is the case, then what the fuck is he doing in that squad? Full stop. That 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 Do you know what, Chris? On another day, you know me, I'd be right with you on that. Okay, 
you know you you know I react to these sort of things. You know, if you're not committed, what's the point? But at the moment, mm. we've seen extraordinary things happen on this planet over the last couple of months, okay? We've seen extraordinary circumstances come about, okay? And the amount of confusion that players, clubs, etc., are dealing with, mm. I, I, I think, you know, I think there's a little bit of room to forgive here on all sides. Do you know yeah, what I can, I- I can forgive him, but he's got no business being anywhere near that that first team squad. I mean, look I, at Ozil. I'm sure we'll touch on later on. But if if you're not if you're not committed, put Zach Medley in there. Put one of the kids. Put put the kid who who cleans the balls in there. Don't don't put. And it, it's it's nothing personal against David Luiz. I, I appreciate yeah, I know, I know. going through stuff. But if if his head is not there, and that's the quote that he's come out with, and and I I don't dis. I, he's a pretty honest guy to, for all his flaws. Yeah. He's a pretty stand-up guy. He's pretty blunt in what he says. He's pretty honest in his in his overall review of himself. If that's the quote that he's put forward, that isn't you know. Sorry, lads, I fucked up. That's uh, my my mind wasn't right tonight, and it hasn't been right for two months, and that's why I didn't play the game. And as a result, my performance wasn't good enough. It, that's, to be fair, I kind of see that as saying, to be honest, my performance was so bad today. That's probably mm. me not getting that contract. I should have signed it two months ago. Yeah, or I should have and been now, gone to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I should have signed that now two months ago happened. when, in yeah. theory, the season kind of would have ended and I had that option. Mm. But now that I haven't mm. taken that up, actually, I've got might find a, going to have to find a club in, mm. you know, we're talking about two weeks' time. This isn't mm. end of the season. This is midway no. through the season, players of this kind of deal. We've already mm. seen, you know, Nathaniel Klein at Liverpool. Liverpool have already said, Nah, sorry, mate. We're not extending yeah. the contract. They, Ryan, they, they, Fra- they, yeah. they, Ryan Fraser's done the same to Bournemouth. He said, well, not, play, yeah. not playing for you. We've seen loads mm. of them doing it. It's, and to be honest, I think it looks like he's kind of gone, oh, shit, I probably should have signed it instead of being a nice guy and saying, you know what, let's look at it when, when we might come back. Because, you know, at that point, the league might have been voided. We might have somehow ended up in Champions League or... Who knows what was mm. going to happen? And that contract, he could have asked for a little bit more or bigger sign- re-signing fee, bigger loyalty bonus. All those mm. bits and pieces that come with re-signing a contract. But now he's thinking, oh, shit, I could have maybe got yeah, a two-year deal. Now, yeah, I, I could have got a two-year <laughs> deal out of him. It's probably going to be like a six-monther sitting on the bench. That's it. Yeah. Now he's off to Benfica on a free. Bet yeah. your ass on that one. The thing is, it. it, it, it... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been such an amazing um, couple of months. There's a lot of people who you know you you you're looking at. You know, I'm looking at the situation for now. Avon Teddings has just been in the box. Cedric, you know Cedric Suarez still isn't fit. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean that's Saka's that's Saka's fault for breaking his nose in training. I was going to say that was a slightly unfortunate. Should have broken. <laughs> no, not going to go down that road. But do you know what I mean? But like, it, it's just all these things happening, and you're just stood there thinking, it's just nuts, isn't it? It's just absolutely nuts. I, I, how do you how do you navigate this situation and do it properly? Because we've okay, we've all got opinions. There's four very different opinions in this in, in this chat at the moment, okay? Let alone the chat box, which is nuts, you know. Um, and you know, we, we all look at things differently, don't we? There, uh, there's more. I don't want to use that contract as an excuse. That was my fault, and that's it. I love to be here. That's why I continue to train hard. That's why I came here today. I want to stay. 
The coach knows he wants me to stay, so we're waiting for decisions. Well, the decision is, you want to stay, the coach wants to stay, sign the fucking contract. That, to me, that to me sounds like the club don't want him to stay. If, exactly. Uh, if, if, if Arteta wants him to stay and he wants to stay, mm-hmm. that to me sounds and like... The ball don't want him to stay. They don't want him to sign that contract. Or if he does sign a contract, they don't want him to sign on the terms that he's got. Yeah, yeah. I think. And you know what? I agree where, with Carl. Yeah, I think because it's where we are money. in the league, isn't it? Exactly. Can't be could, putting that much money on year signing, no, can you? If we finish mid-table, don't get into Europe. Like, mm. who wants to have David Luiz on that thing? That's like a West Ham <laughs> kind of thing to do. Or. Exactly. Uh, like Everton to consign Thiago Silva. That's just, it's that and, kind and, of stupid and you, decision. And you, you send William Saliba, who's one of the most promising defenders in Europe, out on loan because we can't give him game time at the club that we bought him to represent for the next 10 years. So yeah, that'll work out. Uh, the, only, the only reason I'd hold on to David Luiz is actually for bringing William Saliba in because mm. the guy plays, you know, speaks his language. Uh, can help him kind of integrate. And as much as we say, you know, he's not a great um, defender generally, he's probably quite tactically astute. He might not be able to actually do those things. Like how many great managers were great players? Not many of them. They understand the game well, but they don't play it that well. And I think that's the kind of thing we might see out of Louise that we could at least coach him through. Because the rest of our experienced centre-backs, you don't really want kind of him kind of talking to any of those, you know, like Mustafi, if, probably if, not. If we're going to do that. Keys, no. If we're going to do again, that, then Keown yeah. and he's cheaper. Yeah, that's true. Coach, you know what I mean? It's true. <laughs> I know what you're saying, but yeah. But yeah, something like experienced cover. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Right, let's move on. Let's move on. We've got, we've got this game to take care of. Um, Carl, uh, you know, after that, we're down to 10 men. We're 2-0 down. Um... I can't actually read out on this the language I use to describe Taylor. Okay, I, I genuinely can't. It's that bad. Um, it was a bit of a training game after this, wasn't it? You know, you see Leno saving. Um, there's the Sterling foul on Mustafi. He actually do, he does actually get the ball cleanly. To be fair to him, but the pressure that City are building after this would just ramped up, didn't it? Yeah, there was no let up, and that's that's I think that's a sign of a good team. You know, they just weren't trying to rest in their laurels. They were acting like it was nil nil still, and that you know the Sterling tackle on Mustafi, which you rightly, Jace, he does get the ball, just shows just how much the intensity that the the City uh, players play with. Um, they were just stroking the ball around. It really, really was a training game. Um, they were trying to get their fitness up. I think that someone said in the commentary that City weren't fit, but that's what they're doing now, just stroking the ball left to right, trying to build up their fitness. So, uh, you know, they're not going to win the league. We know they're not going to win the league, but they're playing um, as if they've still got something to fight for. I mean, technically they have. They've still got the Champions League uh, to fight for and the FA Cup, I want to say, they're still in. But yeah. yeah. Um, so... You know, um, with us, we were trying to do the right things, but unfortunately, we couldn't do the right things with 11 men. With 10 men, it was, it was even harder. You know, I don't know how many times 
um, Nketia or Aubameyang touched the ball. Unfortunately, it was just to the point where we couldn't get out of our half. And every time we did try to get out of our half, Manchester City would win the ball back and then we'd be under pressure once again. It was, it really was men against boys, unfortunately. No, absolutely, Paul. It was, uh, it was painful to watch their, their, their challenges just got more physical as the game went on. Do you know what I mean? You could you could see the shoulder going in. You could you could just and we we just weren't matching it at all, which is really really disappointing. Chris, on sixty six minutes, you see Niketia, Gwendozi, and Willock replaced with Lacazette, Maitland Niles, and Nelson. It didn't make much of a difference to that. No, I don't think it was ever going to Jace, to be honest. I think that was all about just giving them some, some legs, leg time. That's all it was. Um, yeah, it was never going to make a difference. Like I said, at 1-0, at, at let's be honest, at 1-0, the game was over. At 2-0, it was dead and buried. And at 3-0, you can put it out with the, with the rubbish overnight. I mean, it was, um, yeah, I, th- I think that that decision, not not much else needs to be said, really. It was it was a case of give give some players a, a little bit of leg time. I think we're going to see quite a lot of Reese Nelson in the coming weeks. I think it's a player Arteta likes a lot. Um, I think I think Alex Lacazette's time will be mixed uh, based upon his future at the moment. I think that will, and it's and it's, it's a little bit dominoes because I think his future will have a big a, a decision will be made on his future, which will be based around Aubameyang's future. I think the two are quite closely linked, so I felt like that was just to give him a little bit of time on the pitch. And um, and the other one, sorry, who was the other substitute that came on? I forgot uh, already. Nelson Maitland Niles Lacazette. Maitland-Niles, yeah, Maitland-Niles. Uh, Maitland-Niles, another one that, for me, doesn't have a future at the club and it's just a question of sticking him in the shop window. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing against him. I think, he's a, I think he's a very talented youngster, but I don't think he's quite as talented as he thinks. And I don't think he's a player that has... I wouldn't say... I don't think he's the player, a player that has exactly the right attitude to succeed at a top club like ourselves, personally. I'm not saying he he can't. I'm not saying he can't ch- turn that around. But I think if we get a decent offer in the summer, he'll be one of the ones that will be moved on because there's there's other players in in that position, and and he's clearly he's clearly made a point, shall we say, of state, stating he doesn't want to change position. So I think he'll be gone. So yeah, that's all I can that's all I can think about those changes, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I can think on Maitland Niles, it's a bit of a um, a win in both respects for. Arteta bringing him on in midfield for this game. One, mm-hmm. you kind of um, scratch the itch for Maitland-Niles that, you know, he manages to get out and plays in midfield. You can kind of say, look, I've done it for you. I've put you out there. But secondly, mm-hmm. we're against, you know, uh, a really great, great squad. One of the world-class players. You can kind of see how he's going to react in that kind of situation against a Man City in the midfield. And we already know the game's kind of gone don't we? 2-0 up, down to 10 men. Uh, I don't think Arteta was really going to lose out that much by playing him from that regard. And also, we should mention about Willock, but the fact that that was probably the only mention Willock ever got was the fact he was read out on the team sheet and then he was substituted off because I don't think he really did anything for us in that game. Mm. Do you know the sad part is that you're right that I really like Willock. I think he's got a bright future. Uh, he does, but he, he was just that was a game too high a level for him at this moment in time. Yeah, and, 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 but the problem was as well. To be fair, 
I don't think Saka played well. I, I thought Aubameyang stunk the ground out. You know, I thought Maketia worked hard, worked hard, but well, but there you go. Um, Carl, we see some saves again from Leno, from KDB, from Gwendo- uh, from Gundogan. Tierney, um, uh, get the yellow for a foul on Gundogan um, uh, as well. I, I like that foul. I thought at least Tierney's going you know, trying to stick it to him. And then you see the Edison um, uh, collision with um, Garcia. Oh, that was nasty, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I do hope it's okay. You know, um, I, I genuinely hope. Whatever's wrong with him, it's not too bad. Obviously, he's got a bit of a concussion and he'll be out for a few days. The fact that he was on oxygen and it took so long to move him didn't bode well. But I, I, I think everyone hopes that he's... Uh, okay, but you can say that keeper was very committed. Like he didn't care. He was he was going to get that ball, and he didn't care who he took out. And weirdly, weirdly, that's the kind of commitment you want from players. Obviously, you don't want your players to go and hurt people. Like no one wants that. No one ever wants that. But you know, that's the commitment that you know you as a fan you kind of want from your team. You kind of want that. You know, I don't care. Uh, who I take out, I'm going for that ball. Um, and, you know, it's just, it, it was horrible to watch. Like it really was. And like I said, I really do hope that the guy's okay. I, I genuinely do. But, you know, as, 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 as a football fan, you know, I love that commitment from a player. I, I, look, you know, the, I don't understand how you can go on any pitch of any sort without that sort of commitment. Because if you're the one half-hearted in a challenge, you're the one who's getting hurt. Do you know what I mean? You have to take them balls and all. And a fair play to Edson, you know, he was committed. It, it, it wasn't a pleasant collision. Um, yeah, you know, you don't wish ill on anyone. I hope the guy's okay. Um, fuck City, but I hope Garcia's all right. That's that's. It, it was really unpleasant. Um, I, I'm going to leave Chris out of the trunk because he's switched off by now. It. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> you smile, pirate. You smile, okay? Um, uh, Josh, um, that kind of took the wind out of everybody for a while. It's played stop for a long time, the 11 minutes of out of time. But City just carried on afterwards and we switched off, didn't we? Um, and it led to the Aguero goal where I've got to be honest with you, okay? One to a ten, you were a fucking. Sh- they were surely were a fucking shambles. Absolutely. Do you mean Foden goal? Oh yeah, the Foden goal. Sorry, yeah, Foden goal. Sorry, 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 sorry. It was the that yeah. old shot. Yeah, it was a great, great shot. Hit the post. Um, yeah. To be fair, watching it through, it was just City. They finally clicked. You know, they hadn't really torn us completely apart. You know, yeah. the, the first goal was, you know, individual error from our part. Louise should have cleared that ball out. Second one, to be fair, same again, Louise. Uh, but it's a penalty. They didn't really pull us apart to yeah. get through in behind us. Um, but that one was a proper city move. You know, they'd kind of all got in there. Um, we were down to 10 men, so there's gaps all over the place. Um, Tilly, so I think they. it's... So were they. Yeah, but they're missing a, cent- a young centre-back. Yeah, uh, They've still got Fernandinho back there yeah. and they're on the attacking front. They're not missing a centre-back in that kind of regard. 
we are missing a player from defending. Um, and I think at that point, we're just getting absolutely screwed by them. As I say, on Tierney's point, he's he's a great left-back. Uh, he filled in at centre-back, but positionally, he's not... Uh, so you can be a bit looser with your positioning at full-back. You can't at centre-back. Yeah. So there's a little gap that builds up there. Midfields, you know, some of them are just tired of chasing, to be honest. Uh, you've got... But Sabios has played basically a full game in that yeah. in that midfield. You you kind of want to see the likes of Maitland Niles or I'm just trying to think who'd come on, um, like Nelson. Yeah. Uh trying to think who's else in the midfield doing a little bit more. But I, you've I, also I, got to implore play. You're supposed to defend from the top. I mean we we pressed really well earlier on. I think we did run us off the park by then. The mm. speed of the break was excellent. Yeah. But we, we 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 were gutless, weren't we? We were a bit gutless in the way we went about defending it as a team. I mean, we were just we were. I think just down. To, I think it's just a great move, Jace. To be honest, yeah. okay. um, I'm not going to look at it at a macro level from Arsenal point of view because it was just a great move, and I think I'm picking bone, picking things that weren't necessarily there or looking for things. And I just don't think it. Yeah, it was just a great move, to be honest. I, I, um, it's just one of those that I think we just put our hands up and say it's a great goal. You know, it's like if someone smashes it in from 30 yards, uh, you know, goes to the top corner, you just say, we couldn't do anything about that, to be honest. It's a great play. And it's 1-11. to 11. They've just broken through us. No, I, I, I accept that all day long, to be fair. I mean, Carl, they didn't let up. There were a couple more breaks. It could have been four, it could have been five, couldn't it? Oh, definitely. They could have scored... Uh, a lot more. I think Aguero missed one at the near post. Um, so, yeah, they definitely could have scored more, which is weird because usually City go three up and or and they need to take their foot off the gas a little. You know, it's happened so many times when I think Arsene Wenger was the manager and Pep would, like, we'd go three nil up or three nil down and then you'd see City kind of ease off a little bit, which is uh, weird. But, no, they kept going for it. It was... It really was men against boys. It, it it had all the hallmarks of you know a team who hadn't we hadn't played for a long while, and then City had played, and uh, and they were just much more in tune. You know, uh, the thing is with Arsenal, it's it doesn't get any easier because it's in our next game. I want to say Sheffield United and Sheffield United. I know uh, no. No, yeah, it Brighton. is Brighton. Brighton next. Brighton, sorry, Brighton. Brighton next. Um, and on paper, yeah, you'd think that we'd win that game, but you know, Arsenal don't do well with physicality and the likes of Glenn Murray up front, who's just gonna, you know, elbows all elbows out. You know, Arsenal don't do well with that, and especially now, if Murray is out, you're talking about Mustafi and maybe holding at the back if he's fit. I can't remember if he is. What they'll do, they'll uh, appeal Louise's red card, straight red, so they can put an appeal in for that. So he'll probably be free on Saturday for at nah. least for at least one of the games. Either that, or it's holding on Mustafi and is holding back to fitness and is he ready to take the, take the, take, take the field? Unfortunately, we have the but we have no choice. Unfortunately, we have no other players who can play 
centre back unless you play Tyranny uh unless you play Tierney at left centre and then you play yeah, Saka maybe Saka Klasnic at uh, left back. Sokratis. So it, it's it's Socrates is injured, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, he's injured. I, he I, I, I've I've lost I've lost their villains. So this is what I'm great. saying. We don't we genuinely do not have the personnel at the at this present time. If we don't if literally if we cannot get Louise back after if they do appeal, then you are talking about holding. If holding is not fit enough to play, then you are talking about possibly Kieran Tierney playing uh, left centre and then Kalasinac. I would say you go for Kalasinac because I think he's going to need that physicality with Brighton, personally. So, you know, you're looking at it thinking, hmm, you know, uh, we do, we've gone from, we've literally gone from having nearly everyone fit to now not having enough centre backs to play our next game. Uh, Brighton won't play with Glenn Murray up front to start with. Uh, they'll they'll go with Mope and Aaron Connolly, who's just back from injury. Uh, it was the same guys that beat us at home. Um, so yeah, we'll have two tiny people that will run around a lot. Uh, that'll be our problem instead. So I'm not sure where we just saw that two tiny people up front running around causing our defence problems. But God, yes. And then, um, oh, what's his name? The new guy from Argentina, Alex McAllister. McAllister, yeah. Good player, well. Yeah. i tell you what, Pontecino. You know, I, I was looking for... I wasn't looking forward initially to football coming back because of what had happened with COVID. Then I was excited. And then the Arsenal play, and I'm just devastated. Chris, you need to get in touch with Thunder Road. The Barbican Pirates still have a Hotmail account. I emailed you about Kit. I'm not yeah, I'll, it. I will. I'll, uh, Danny's DM'd me. I'll, I'll. I'll sort him out at some point. Yeah. I'll give me a couple of days. I'll get. I'll go back to you. Cool. Right. Okay. So um, we're going to go to questions, guys. So if you get questions, and now we'll we'll do five or six and wrap it up. Um, Josh. Um, actually, no, Chris. I'll start with you. I want to go round to everyone in this. So, according to Mikel Arteta, Ozil's absence was tactical. It was tactical, purely tactical, he says. Chris, do you buy that, or do you think there's more to it? Uh, I there, There's more to it. I don't think there's any doubt about that, to be honest with you. I think it's, it's very clear that that relationship is not working. Coincidentally... Fortnite season four is released today, so I think that's probably where Meza is at the moment. Um, but um, yeah, I look the, as a player on his day, uh, you know, with the right setup, i.e., Real Madrid, he's a world class talent, absolutely no doubt about that. And everything you've seen from training, he's smiling, he's happy, and and you know, there's just two. There's just, it's just too much now. This has gone on for too long. You know, the, the, the best possible scenario. And honestly, at this stage, if I was the Arsenal board, I'd say, do you know what? At this stage, even if we have to pay his bloody wages for another year, just get him, just get him away. Just get him out of the club because this can't help other players. Imagine you're, imagine you're an, another player in that dressing room watching all this unfold. You know, imagine you're Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who's 
who's had you know had criticism because of his attitude. Yeah. And then you see a player like Meza Ozil, who you know for all his his talent and for all his ability that he's had in his career has not been good for. We're talking three years now. We're not talking like oh he's had a bit. It, it, it always makes me laugh. People criticise Lacazette. Yes, yeah, sure. He, he you know he's had a, a poor first half of the season. But there's enough time for him to turn that around and become the player that we know he he has shown he's been. Meza hasn't done it for three and a half, four years now. Oh, three, and, and three, that, let's be fair. Three seasons, I agree with you, OK? All right, three, three and a bit. But even so, one season is bad enough. And yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day. I, again, can't remember which one it was. I listened to so many recently. But the, the, the bottom line is, and what you question you've got to ask yourself is, would this happen at Chelsea? Would this happen at Man United? Would this happen at Man City? Would this happen? No, it wouldn't. They'd Carlos, just be Carlos Tevez. Oh, wait, actually, it, might, it might happen at Man United. All right, fair. I'll give you that one. No, but that was City. If, Carlos Tevez. If you're, go golf. Daniel Sturridge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. But, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> what, 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 I, what I mean by would this happen at a big club is what I'm saying is at a big club, you're ruthless. They might still be on the payroll. They might still be floating in around the club. Winston Bogart was another one at Chelsea. But what I mean is the yeah. clubs, those players have forgotten they moved on. They signed better players. They signed players to replace them. You know, Chelsea are going out and spending money on, on Timo Werner. Why? Because Tammy Abraham isn't good enough. That That's just facts. And we, however... Every single time, a few people, a few of the, the main Arsenal account on social media were, were tweeting tonight, you know, saying that it's taken three months, a worldwide pandemic, you know, all, all the, the, the Black Lives Matter campaign and, and all the horrendous stuff that going on in America. But one thing you can always fucking assure yourself of is the minute you log on to Arsenal Twitter, there'll be a story about Mesut Ozil. And that, like, it's becoming, it's becoming a parody now. You know, he's no longer an Adidas client, so there's nothing in it for us. There's no benefit to us keeping him on board. In, in that regard, and there's just there's too much going on 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 the pitch, off the pitch, but but on the pitch is where it matters most. And every opportunity that he's given uh, at home to a, a crap club, <laughs> it, he doesn't take. He just doesn't. And there's there's something fundamentally flawed. Mikel Arteta, God bless him, he's he's, he's done the party, he's delivered the party line tonight. Tactical reasons. So you're telling me you're going away from home against arguably the best team in the country, or certainly if not the second best team in the country, one of the best teams in Europe. And for tactical reasons, you leave out the one player in your entire squad that could unpick a close game if it was nil-nil. Nah. Sorry. You know, I love Mikel. And I get, obviously, he can't tell the truth. He, you know, why would he? But that's bullshit. He's been left out because he's because the club can't rely on him. Because he's not at the level that he should be, and because he's and because he's not he's not performing at the level, and that and that comes that hurts me to say it because I love him, but he's he's, he's not he's gone he's done, and it needs it, we need to be ruthless as a football club, and if that means shipping him off and paying his wages for a year, just get it done, get him out of the club, and and promote one of these young kids, a Smith Rowe, whoever it is, and just say for one season. You can have as many bad games as you like, but you're going to be in that first team squad. We're going to give you opportunities because you've earned them. And the other player who wasn't earning those opportunities, yeah, he's off in, in Seattle Sounders for a year or where, wherever it's going to be. Okay. Carl, I mean, right I'm, I'm looking at this now, okay? And I think there's an awful lot of players in this squad who just don't turn up. I think there's too many. I think we've got a lot a group of youngsters who need leadership around them. And it's just not there. And whenever there's a focus on Mezet, I mean, I couldn't believe my eyes on Twitter or even in our groups that it on. You know, it's all about Mezet Ozil. And he's not even playing. 
He's not even playing, you know. I mean, it's it's the, the negativity. It's it's bonkers, and you got these youngsters, and you know, yeah, we we'll, we'll knock Guendouzi, we'll knock Joe Willock, we'll knock Saka, we'll knock them all, okay? Because it, it it's about their performance on the pitch. You know, it doesn't matter how old or how young they are. If you're playing centre mid for the Arsenal, you're playing fucking centre mid for the Arsenal, and you're gonna perform accordingly. But where the story is always about your mezet. How detrimental do you think that is? Unfortunately, Jason, when you get paid so well, you're meant to be the best in your craft. You get paid according to how good you are. And every job is kind of, you know, the same. You know, I said it earlier, a surgeon, a brain surgeon will get higher will get higher wages than a normal doctor because, you know, the work that they do is more detrimental. You know, no matter where you go in a company, the more responsibility you have, the more the more you get paid. So Regarding to Mesut Ozil, if you get paid as much as he do, you, you're thinking to yourself, "Well, you've got to be very, you've got to be something special to to command that sort of wage. You've got to, in your work, in your field, you've got to absolutely be the best because a a a business has said, you know, we need your services and we need that service so much that we are going to pay you this amount of money." Now, unfortunately, he signed that contract and he's now almost said, okay, I've now got this amount of money, then my services are not as good as they once were. And they're not, you know, everyone can admit, and Mesut Ozil is, is not even half the player that he was. Unfortunately, Mesut Ozil was in a protective bubble and that bubble was the number 10 hole. You know, he was the person who played behind the strikers in the front of the midfield, who could pick a pass out and go left, right in the middle. Unfortunately, football has evolved and that role doesn't exist anymore. There is no such thing as the number 10 anymore. No one plays that. Everyone, you know, even if you play a midfield diamond, that diamond, that person who plays at the, the, the tip of the diamond, they move, they pivot, they they go up front, they play behind. And Mesut Ozil doesn't do that. You, you play Mesut Ozil on the left, he doesn't like it. You play Mr. Ozil on the right. He doesn't like it. You play him in sentiment field. He doesn't like it. Mr. Ozil only wants to play in one position, and that position is the number 10. Unfortunately, Arsenal cannot afford passengers anymore. We can't afford, we cannot afford Mr. Ozil. You know, when he first came, people were calling him a luxury player, and to an extent, he actually was a luxury player. But he did very well for us when he, at, in his first, I would say, two, three years. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's dropped off and he's, his decline in football is astronomical. And I mean, his decline in football is really, really gone downhill. Uh, I hope the infection rate of a COVID was as big as the decline in, as as Ozil's uh, ability in football. But that's what we digress. But unfortunately, like Chris said, we need to get rid of him. He needs to go, you know, and it doesn't matter if he goes to wherever. And even if we are, I don't advocate paying his wages, but even if we're paying a hundred grand of his wages just to get him out of the club, unfortunately we have to do that because if you can, like Chris said, if you can go away to the best team uh, that we're going to play for the rest of the season um, and you cannot Bring your apparently your best player, a man who can unlock passes, the man who gets paid the most out of every single player in our club. You know, it speaks volumes, and it's not tactical reasons. We know why. You know, we all we all was 
you know, shouting at Una and May when Una left him out the squad, you know, play him as it, play him as it, play him as it. And, you know, we was all shouting at him and he played Mesut Ozil and he had one good game, I want to say against Watford it was, I can't remember who it was, you know, and everyone was like, well, so he got an assist or half an assist or whatever it was. And his nephew was like, yeah, see, look, yeah, we need to play him. Unfortunately, as much as I don't like Una Emre, and I, I still think he's a stinker, obviously there was something in, there was something that Una saw about Mesut Ozil that now Mikel Arteta is now seeing. And we don't know what it is. Maybe he's lazy. Maybe he doesn't listen to instructions. Maybe he's just not got the ability anymore and we can't just come out and say it. But at the end of the day, Mesut Ozil can no longer be an Arsenal player if you cannot bring him away to Manchester City in the squad where you can name nine substitutes, a squad of 20, a squad of 20 players and Mesut Ozil gets left out for tactical reasons. Speaks volumes to me. I'm not going to argue that at all. Like, I'm not. The one thing I will say, Josh. Um, yes. To, to, I'll to, argue with it. It's fine. I, Don't I, worry. I, I, Mesut Ozil I, 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 has I, I, played I, I, every game under Mikel Arteta. And he's been Every good. game in the league. No. No, let's not go that far. Oh, no, he's, he's played. Been, he's okay. In his last game against West Ham, he got the assist. That got us we, the were goal. Awful. we were, we were awful. awful. We won that one oh, nil. He got a goal. He got a goal against Newcastle. Uh, we beat them four nil for that, and he played the entire game. I think the reason he didn't play was because Mikel Arteta knows how to play Arsenal as Manchester City, and every time Meza Ozil has gone to Man City or Man City have come to us, they have just played around him. He has not been in those games because Man City have signalled him out and know how to get past him because they've got players technical enough and a manager smart enough to just make him irrelevant on the field. And I think that's what we saw. The reason why it's tactical is because Mikel Arteta knows Man City's tactics against Ar- Arsenal because he fucking wrote them. That's why. So that's why I don't think he was there. If he pops up in the next game and he's there in you know, Brighton by the sea, it's outside the M25 people, he's going to be there. He will start. <laughs> he will start that game. And that's because it wasn't this conspiracy theory. We know he's a busted flush. We know yeah. he's a shit player now. You know, two assists for a man that cost you 42 and a half million pounds in an entire season is not good enough return. But he's played every game for Arteta except one. This isn't a Emery keeping him out for the entire first half of the uh, season I, there's something this I think this is legitimately a tactical reason but, if he doesn't but, turn up against Brighton then yeah call me out on it yeah let's let's, let's look at this deeper though I, 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 I want to bring it to an end now we don't talk, just talk about Mesut but when we were mourning Adunai Emery we had zero creativity we were struggling going forward I, I, I don't think things have changed massively and Arteta, we've looked de- defensively more solid under Mikel, but you did see an improvement in Mezzarozo's form. Now, the question's been put to us by Orpheus, uh, and sorry, by um, Michael Harneyman, and there's somebody else, I do apologize. Uh, Red Titan, sorry. There you go. Mezzar turning 350 grand a week. Um, we need to sell him to get him off uh, the wage bill. But he's got a year left in the contract. Nobody's going to buy him. If they do, we'd have to contribute towards the wages. And on 350 grand, 
I think you'll be paying 200 grand of that every week. What are your thoughts, Josh? Uh, would I rather free up at least 100 grand in the wage bill to try and sign someone else? If we get a loan fee for him and Saka wants to sign, you know, and we're the only thing we've got a problem with is we need 100 grand out of the budget to give it to him. Yeah, do it. Cool. I okay. think that's where we're at. But uh, who's going to buy him? Because I can't see anybody coming for him. Well, it doesn't have to buy him. You just said if you loan him out and we have to pay 250 grand of his wages. That's not what you asked. Okay, so who's who's going to sign him? So, you know, who's going to sign him? There's yeah. MLS okay. clubs. There's, yeah. the, I think there's four, there's four MLS franchises. David Beckham's Miami FC are one of the ones that are looking for a marquee player. Um, as I said, Seattle Sounders was another one that was mooted. There, there's clubs interested and let's be honest, a move to either of Fenerbahce or Galatasaray wouldn't surprise me greatly given his... Um, uh, given Turkish his connections. Uh, Turkish connections, yeah. I was going to say popularity, but you're right, it's just a connection, isn't it? But mm. it would make sense, wouldn't it, for, for a good fit. That, yeah, that, that, that would be a natural move, wouldn't it? You know, mm. um, right, okay, so question from Office Jones. Chris, you and this one um, uh, first. Should we be worried about Pepe? 60 million quid, just haven't fancied him. Three, if you take me now, take me now, take me away, take me away from this awful world. I wonder how long this would take. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, mate. I saw that. I thought of you. You know, it's like flowers on Valentine's Day. Given who that question has come from, God bless you, Orpheus. I love it. I have a suspicion he knew who you'd give this question to. Just going to put that out there. No, we shouldn't be. All the listeners who listen to this podcast and know me and you know I'm going to ask you that question. Oh, I know. And I also know that the minute William Saliba makes his debut next season and, and concedes an own goal, everybody be like, oh, shit. Oh, this is French. <laughs> <laughs> Just like I've had it all see your good doozy. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's boring. Um, Nah, he's he'll be fine. He will be fine. The the thing with Pepe that you've got is you've got salon value for a start, uh, and there's a, there's a, there's not there's not too many players with his style out there. So he will he will attract attention if if we were to cash in, but we're not going to cash in. We've got two centre forwards at the moment whose futures are very much, un, you know, un, undecided at, at this particular point. I, I say this. Every single time this question is asked to me, and I'll keep saying it because I think people have got short memories. Two of Arsenal's greatest players in recent history, three if you throw in Thierry, but in particular, a certain Dennis Bergkamp and a certain Robert Perez took 12 to 18 months to be the players that we remember now. And yes, there were flashes in that time, but I, I can still remember Dennis Bergkamp's first two goals against Southampton. And I th- I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Stuart Pearce who described him as a flop. Imagine, imagine Stuart Pearce calling somebody a flop. Imagine that for a second. But, but for for the time, it it takes players time to settle. Pepe's had three different managers playing three different styles. He's and and the, the one thing that that Pepe is as well is he's a he's a throwback. He's a bit like Martinelli. He's a bit of a street footballer. He's very um he's very unpredictable. Not just for the opposition which is a bonus but he's also unpredictable from a manager's point of view he's not always going to do the sort of the, the the authentic thing if you like and that will take time to get the best out of him he needs proper coaching he needs proper guidance and and the other thing that i think some people are turned off by him about it's a similar thing that Ozil suffer, 
just with his body language. Some people think he he comes across like a player who doesn't care. He hangs his shoulders. It's just the way he carries himself. You know, don't don't read into things too much. You know, it will take time. Uh, I'm not you know I'm not I'm not saying he's going to be the next Ballon d'Or. Uh, he, you know, he's not on that level. But there's a reason that we spent a great degree of money for him, and then, and there is a reason why I think he will come good. And if he doesn't, I'll hold my hands up. But this is also a signing who hasn't really been given a prolonged run in the side. Let's not forget, even when he first came in at the start of the season, he wasn't given a prolonged period of time. So I'd like to see how he performs um, in a normal, quote-unquote, normal season and having had a, a proper amount of time with Arteta and a settled side, a settled forward line for him to, for him to perform. So I'm not worried at all. Not worried at all. Quick question on that, though. You know, we've seen glimpses of brilliance from him. His dead balls are sensational, okay? You know, that, that you've got to give him credit on that. We've seen moments from him where, you know, when we played West Ham, he tore them and he won. You know, they were there to consistently foul him, stop him. But he seems to me to be a player who loves to play in the break. And as we are a possession-based side, can he change his game to suit a possession-based game? Yeah, and that and that's the one thing. That's the one thing that I agree with you and a lot of other people, and and anyone that watched him in France will know that Lille very much play counter-attack football, and that's where he made his name. And the reason he was so good at Lille was because he played in a four-three-three or a four-two-three-one with a free roll from the as a wide attacker, and was basically given the license to when Lille were, were under the cosh and defending. He was the out ball dribble and do your own thing take on teams push essentially push the other team back in that in that direction where we break and as you say we don't play like that but as Josh pointed out earlier on Man City kind of play in that counter-attacking style and I, I feel like we will end up reverting to that under Mikel but again it, it's our squad is such a mess right now I, I, I'd be it, it's it's obviously a shame with what's going on in the world because I wonder how different our squad will look next season. But the problem is, with everything that's gone on in the world, who knows whether we'll be able to get players out or in. But I well, think no, I, lot- I would ask, ask that at the end, actually. But when we finish off, that's the one thing I want to address before we um, before we finish. Um, mm. Josh, question to you. I'm going to pass. After that, I want you to pass on straight to Carl. So I need to go to my nose. Um, question I don't know who sent this in. Apologies, guys. But thank you for the question. Is this the least technically gifted Arsenal side we have seen? The passing and movement has looked off for about three or four seasons. Or is it just a confidence thing? Now, I remember me and you going to Arsene's last game against Burnley, okay? And we, we'd been horrendous away all season. But at home, we'd been decent. And that day, we played some beautiful football with Big 17 scoring an absolute banger. Um... Talk to me. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're going to go to the toilet, so I'm not really going to talk to you anyway. So uh, I will talk to everyone else and to the listeners. Uh, is this the least technically gifted side we've seen? I think it's suppose it's how long you've been watching the Arsenal for. Uh, in my time, probably yes. I think the like George Graham era and going further back, that, that is a bit less technical. But then I think football as a whole was. But seeing Wenger come in and... His kind of um, philosophy, I think maybe in the early early parts of his era, we might have seen a less technically gifted Arsenal side. But I think, I think all our players are technically gifted. I just think some of them aren't mentally gifted. 
you know, yeah, Carl, what do you kind of think as well? Because I know what they, I was trying to say with the question that is it confidence, but I think there's all of the players we've got are all good footballers, right? They're just not necessarily great in team football. Or maybe they just don't fit each other's style. I think, um, you know, if you if you think of technically gifted players, you're talking about Mesut Ozil at the height of his career, who was, uh, you would definitely describe him as being very technically gifted, someone who could pick up a pass and do wonderful things with a football. You know, if you used to go through our squads, you know, you think of Xhaka, is he technically gifted? No. You think of Guendouzi, is he technically gifted? No. You know, you're talking about, but then we've got youngsters, you know, Willock, um, Nelson. Are they technically gifted? No, not at present. Uh, Lacazette, is he technically gifted? No. You know, you could go through the whole squad and, and, and name a few players and ask that question. And unfortunately, it'd be no. I think, I think the only players in our squad you talk about technically gifted is probably only Pepe. I can't think of anyone else. And so Martinelli on that front. And I think some of the kids coming through the academy because they've I'm got that they, kind of thing in there. Yeah, I'm not saying they won't how be. you define technically gifted. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying they won't be, but at present, would you describe them as? Te- would you, if you were to describe Reese Nelson, would the one of the words you use would be technically gifted, or two of the words, sorry, would be technically gifted? I'd say so, a good but, dribbler, sorry, but sorry, I think guys, it depends on. Sorry, question guys. for both of you. I do apologise. I'm sorry to put in there. But question for both of you: Is it a case of? Are these guys not technically gifted enough, or have we simply got the wrong pieces for the jigsaw puzzle for it to work? I mean, Do you know what I mean? Like my, I'll still be that playing. That's my question. Yeah, <laughs> I'll still be playing square pig that. round holes for ages, haven't they? That's what we've been doing. Unfortunately, if you've got the wrong pieces for the jigsaw, then you need to have another jigsaw because these are the pieces that we have. So then maybe we need to re jig our jigsaw. However, wherever the scene is for that, resaw our jig. Yeah, something like that. But you know, if these are the players that we have, these are the this is what we need to do. These are how how we need to play with them. And you know, we can't. It's like I I don't drum on about Mr. Erzo, but it's like having Mr. Erzo in the squad and just saying, right, we're going to change our whole philosophy the way we play just so we can put you in the number ten role. You know, that's, that's not going to work. So, unfortunately, we have to adapt the way we play to the players that we have. I, yeah, I, I think not, tactically, or oh, sorry, technically but, gifted isn't necessarily just the requirements to say, got to be on mentally gifted or tactically gifted. It's probably the term I should have used. Um, the game is far more tactical than I think it was previously. You know, it's where you could kind of say all your creativity came from a single outlet, you know, that number 10 position that you kind of alluded to, Carl, is all creativity. You know, we passed, used to pass it to Sesk and we just said, oh, Sesk do everything. Or, you know, give it to Dennis. Dennis will do something. Uh, and then we see the Invincibles era. That's why it was such a strong squad because it was, pass it to Perez, he'll do something. Pass it to Jumberg, he'll do something. Pass it to Burkham, he'll do something. Pass it to Henri, he'll do something. Every single player could do something. But we mm. kind of regressed back into that. And now, what we saw from that Man City team, it wasn't just pass it to De Bruyne, he'll do it. You could pass it to Sterling. Sterling would create something. Pass it to Phil Foden, he'll do something. And that's where I think it is different now, is that we're kind of missing those those players. 
it, it, it looks to me as if, it, as well, and, and Chris, I want your opinion on this. You know, we, we, we've got some promising players, okay? I think there's no getting away from that. I think we've got some, we've got some players who simply don't fit the system, but we really, and, we, and we've lacked it for a number of years. Um, you know, that athleticism and pace in the middle of the park, you know, when you saw Pardi Vieira going up and down. Do you know what I mean? He'd eat up the yards. You know, if he's going shoulder to shoulder with somebody, he's not often getting knocked off the ball. We haven't got that, you know. I mean, um, you know, there are beeps going off whenever sort of a um, uh, Jaka turns. Um, Guendouzi's one pace. Um, you've got Torreira, who's small. You know, he's just too small. We'll look... He's still a young guy. You know, he's going up and down and up and down and up and down um, with it, with his form. He, he, he'll get better. But what sort of system, you know, with the players that we got, do you think would work? And how many new players do you think we need to bring in? I mean... <laughs> I, I, I know, like... sorry. It's, it, it, it wasn't really the position. Yeah, the, the frustration in my voice is not at the question. It's more at the, it's more at the the whole the whole shit show. Uh, it, yeah. It's, I I can't. I'm I'm going to make a statement here, which might might uh, might bother some people, but it, it's it's how I feel. The last time I was this disillusioned with Arsenal, George Graham was leaving the club. Um, genuinely, that that is this the last time I felt and feel this way, and I and I thought. Um, you probably know, and Josh certainly knows one of our, our good friends, Ross Bramble, that we've recorded pods with before, and um, and he was saying the other day that sort of during COVID and that he's he's essentially just fallen out of love for football, and, and he doesn't enjoy talking about it anymore. And and I kind of empathise with that a lot because I, I kind of haven't missed it too much, and I was very vocal in saying that this Premier League should never ever have come back, and I still stand by that, even if we'd won twenty three nil tonight, I still stood by that. But I think it runs deeper than, than just football for me because I, I can find myself enjoying and getting into football matches that don't involve Arsenal. And I think there's a reason for that is because I don't really see this club going forward with this group of players and, and with this sort of hierarchical structure that we have in place. And I, I, I'm, I'm not quite as against the sort of Raul regime as, as yourself, Jace, but I do take on board some of the points you make. And I feel like the the ownership is one thing and it's a big one thing. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like there's there's so many other areas to address. And, and I kind of almost feel a bit sorry for, for Mikel Arteta because I do think he's the right coach. And I think under the right circumstances, he, he will and could thrive. Whether that is with us or not, time will tell. Um, but I think he's going to have to be an absolute genius to get the best out of this squad because... If you if you honestly look at this squad and you and you analyze it and anyone can say compare it against the Invincibles etc etc and so on, but I would genuinely lay this squad out against the squad that, that George Graham left the club having, and I include you know the Chris Kiwamias, the the, yeah. the 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 Glenn Helders, the God knows who else we still had at that Johnny time. Johnny Jensen, Johnny fucking Johnny Jensen. Jensen. Oh, yeah, fuck I did Johnny yeah. Jensen. And don't get me wrong, you know, it can be done. Arsene came in with that that back four that everyone said were finished. And OK, yeah, Arsene was a, a genius in, in terms of how he prolonged their careers, etc. and so on. But the thing with Arsene is he, he he was able to gradually phase those players out. I remember when, when we first first were talking about 
phasing out Ian Wright for Nicholas and Elka. And there was absolute uproar. And, and by the end of it, everyone was like, actually, do you know what? You were right. And even right, he said that in his book himself. He said it, it was the right time. Yeah. I don't get that impression with these players. I get the impression that we're sort of playing these young players because because we're we're almost like we're almost hoping something will come good. I like Joe Willock, you know. I, I yeah. think I think he's got a lot of talent. I like Gunduzi. I like the fact that we've got a solid goalkeeper for once. Um, you know, I, I like the fact that there's a good good spirit in the club. Kirantini is another player I, th- I think could be a, a defender for for a long time. But there's so many holes. There's so many players that you look at and you just go, like, you know, would Xhaka get in Everton's midfield? I don't really know at the moment. You know, would 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 a would um, a fit and firing Lacazette be on the bench tonight? No, he doesn't become a bad player overnight. He becomes a bad player because he's not coached properly and, and the structure isn't set and the team isn't set up right for him. And of course, yeah, there's a lot of things to be said about the, the back end of Unai Emery's time. But I just feel like every new manager we get, the, the first thing they must do is look at the squad and go. You know, like football manager sort of thing. Josh has probably played this. You sit there and you go, right, I need to clear out at least 10, 12, 14 players. But the problem is, as, as Jeff Arsenal would say, you know, this ain't football manager, this ain't FIFA, this is real life. And there's so many of our players that are not appealing to other teams to take. And the uh, probably the, uh, the biggest player that we have got that other clubs would take was completely anonymous tonight. And I'm not saying that's all his fault, no. but he his performance tonight gave off the impression of a player who probably ain't going to be with us for much longer. You lose him and you probably lose 90% of our goals and our attacking threat. I mean, you know, God bless Eddie Nketiah, but I mean, there's a lot of surgery, isn't there, Jax? There's a lot of surgery. I hate to be like, you know, all depressing and stuff and I'll always support the team and I'll always get behind them, but we're we're a long, long way off and we're going to fall, I think, a lot lower. And that's why I actually hope we don't get into Europe this year, because I think we could do without that next year. I, I, really I see a point in that. I mean, my, my, my concern is, you know, you, you, you look at the sort of forward line. Um, you know, I think Martinelli could be anything. I look at Alba, I look at Pepe. They're break players. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're the guys who play in the break. Um, Lacazette is a possession-based footballer who needs runners coming from midfield on to him something that Joe will look will be down the line, but he's not quite there yet. You know, you just you haven't got the athleticism with them uh, with uh Xhaka, unfortunately the way it is. Um and I look at the midfield and Gwen Doozy is you know, he he needs work. He needs time. He needs yeah, work. Yeah. Okay. You know he what I mean? Needs, he needs Roberto Silva is what he needs. Yeah, yeah. He but, needs a player to play with, you know? Yeah, you, you do. You need it in this. I mean, you, you look at Torreira, and I think Torreira, you know, I, I like Torreira. He, the, the attitude of these guys at times is spot on. Do you know what I mean? But the, the physical. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah he was nowhere near um, uh, the level he should have been at. And uh, Sabayos, well, yeah, he's lovely in the ball, but he's no impact to them. So, Josh, I mean, Sabayos was our best midfielder today in terms of the recycling of the possession, yeah. some of the clearances he'd made. There's there's numbers out there for, well, I say you can make any statistics, make any point you want. Sabayos has been, since Arteta came in, our best defensive midfielder for us in terms of what he does he's not you know how remember everyone laughed at Pep Guardiola to say he doesn't yeah. teach tackling 
yeah, because yeah. you don't need to tackle. You know, if you need to tackle, you've made your first mistake. Yeah. He's one of those. He's just a bit clever. He gets in the right position. I mean, their holding midfielder today, for want of a term of holding midfielder, was uh, E.K. Gundogan. He's not yeah. holding midfielder. We all saw him at Bristol Dortmund as a box-to-box midfielder. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have to have that kind of, you know, if you build the right rest of the side around him in a certain way, you don't need a quote-unquote holding midfielder in there. Uh, I think he's just unlucky. And I think if we play him and Xhaka together, we might see a decent pairing in there, to be honest. Well, we did see that um, at the end of, uh, you know, just before before um, lockdown. Um, yeah. But the one thing I, I, I still think, Sabayos, he looks lovely on the ball. Let's not get away from it. He's a talented, talented boy, okay? But I don't see a lot of end product from him. I just see, you know, there's a, there's a ball here, here and there. He's a, re- he's a recycler of possession. When we played him at number 10 and he got two assists, it threw everybody off of what kind of player he was or what player he could be for us. You know, with Spain, when you've got better players that can play behind him, you know, you've got like Rodri, who's at City, who can play further behind you, Sergio Busquets. Yeah. He's not going to get into there. So, yeah, but, he can be a winger and have those my question kind of is then. Sorry, my question is then, okay, we still need a midfielder to get further up the park, support the attack, and he's kind of not that either. Do, do, do you know where I'm coming from with this? You know, you, yeah, but you, that's not necessarily Sabayos' fault that we don't have the other. We've just said no, yeah, yeah, midfield yeah, yeah. needs ripping out. Sabayos isn't necessarily a problem in there. We're talking about we haven't got a quality group of players who are technically good or tactically good enough. Well, he's actually one of them. You know, he's not one we should be throwing out. If we can get a decent deal on him to get him in for longer and he wants to come to us, then great. Uh, the only thing that might be slightly worrying is his, his home team of uh, Real Betis has just signed Unai Emery. So uh, <laughs> he might go there. <laughs> Carl, um, we'll wrap up tonight now. Um, the most damning stat, um, possession, 68% to Man City, 32 to us. Shots, 20 to City, 3 to us. Um, I'm just going to leave it here on, on this next one. Shots on target, 12 to City, 0 to us. Uh, it's, getting to, it's getting to the old days of Una Emery where, do you remember, we didn't have a shot on goal uh, and teams would always outshoot us. You know, the, your question, should we shoot more? Well, <laughs> you, 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 if you don't have the ball, then you can't shoot with it, can you? And even the shots that we had, it was one from Aubameyang that went very high and wide. It was one from Lacazette, I want to say. And then there was one from Willock, I want to say. Like, those are the shots. And the fact that I can almost remember the shots that we had on goal uh, says it all. You know, I shouldn't be able to remember them, but it's... I don't want to be too hard on the players because the first game back, you know, we're playing Man City. But at the end of the day, the fact that I'm saying that we're playing Man City just shows how far we have fallen off. You know, I'm making excuses that we're playing a, a a big club, and I don't. Anyone can argue with me. Arsenal are no longer a big club in the Premier League. We're not. You know, of the stature of our club, yes. You know, who? You know, we're a, a very good team. We play in London. Well, I say we're a good team. We're not really, but you know, we're playing London. We have got a good ground. But as for stature, we ain't a, 
a big club, you know. Back in the day, if you if you had said to a player, would you rather go to Arsenal or go to Man City? Irrespective of money, they would always pick us. You know, if you had said to a player, would you rather come to us or go to Chelsea? Now, teams are going to be thinking, well, you know, I've got a better chance of playing with Chelsea, you know, and even to the fact of um, that lot up the road. I mean, I'll never give them credit, but a team will look at, sorry, a player will look at us and look at them up the road and think, well, you know, there's a better chance of me playing Champions League football with them than there is with us. You know, and it yeah. just shows how far we've kind of fallen off. Uh, you know, I hope that the rest of our games, what is it, eight games left we've got? Um, eight or nine, however many games yeah. it is. Um, I just hope that we do something. And like Chris said, I, I weirdly, I never want Arsenal to lose ever, ever, ever. But I kind of hope we don't get into the champ, um, to Europe either. You know, I, but me saying that, I hope we win the FA Cup. So, I, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm being silly right now because if we win the FA Cup, we get into Europe. But um, I think in league stature, maybe we do need to finish uh, a 10th. You know, I think we're only one point in front of, is it Brighton? Are they just behind us? Um, I'll have a quick look. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. will be, but not by their um, seven, sixteenth, seventeenth. They beat they beat us um, at home, and um, we've only beaten them in the FA Cup yeah. when we've gone down there. So Burnley are a point behind us. Palace are a point behind us. Um, we're one point against the, the scum. You know, it's and this is like this was the game in hand. This was the game yeah. where we, we, you know, although the game in hand was against Man City away, this was the game where we could have made up some points. It's, it's like Chris said, we just need it needs ripping up. It really does. It needs just the club needs gutting, and maybe for a few seasons, play the kids until you can decide what this club actually needs or actually wants, and that's not giving someone like Mesut Ozil the highest wages and not playing him. Aubameyang, you know, if you was Aubameyang, would you stay at this club? Like, would you? And you can say you can say that, yeah, you know, he's got to play better, but if he's not getting the service, if he's not going to, the people around him giving him the ball so he can play better, why would you? When you've got the likes of, I don't know, maybe Chris can talk on this more than me, but when you've got the likes of, you know, uh, PSG talking about you know, you wanted to come to us, and I can't see him playing at PSG, to be honest. Um, when you got the likes of Real, um, you Barcelona, you know, saying, "Oh, we might take you," you know, your head's going to be turned. Now, anyone, there's no one in the world who would rather play for Arsenal than Barcelona, I, no matter look, how much you love them. Look, I, I, I don't know. Okay, look, the one thing I think is this. Okay, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think this summer you need two midfielders. Right, you need to ship out Jaka, and I, I like Jaka. I got no problem with him, but he ain't the answer for us. You need to bring in two good quality midfielders, right? Know? And if you've got two good quality, athletic, pacey midfielders, we look a lot different. I don't think we have the personnel, Pammy, to carry out what um uh, what Arteta wants at the moment. I'm happy with the coach. I'm happy with the youngsters coming through. But I just think we need to start buying players for a system. And until we're doing that, it's all a bit pointless. 
Chris, um, last words, uh, then um, uh, Josh, then Carl, and then we'll sign off. Yeah, I think the only thing I would say is, you know, I appreciate I've been a little bit downcast, but um, like we said off air before we started recording, expect nothing and you can't be disappointed. And I do think we, you know, I know, I know that sounds a little bit tongue-in-cheek and it is meant yeah. a little bit that way, but it, there's also a, a touch of realism in that statement. You know, we, we do have to remember that before the, the coronavirus and everything kicked in, yes, we were we were on the up in terms of that we were starting to show some signs that we were becoming coherent and and, the, and we were starting to, to gel a little bit more, but we still weren't playing good football. You touched on the fact that we beat West Ham 1-0. You know, we limped to that result. Yeah. Um, we, we sort of drew with Bournemouth. It, it's not like we were... There's this big thing, oh, we were unbeaten. Yeah, well, look at the teams we were playing. The Man United performance was one that gave us real hope, but let's be honest, with Man United, you never know what you're going to get. We have to look at the rest of the season now as, as an opportunity to get as many points as we can. Like Carl said, we're still in the FA Cup. Chances are we'll probably end up going out to Man City. You know, that just seems to be the way it's going to go. But, but you never know. You like the way exactly. And and I and I, I can't. I also think that the one get out of jail free card that we've got a little bit is. I watched both games this afternoon. Um, and by the way, Sky Sports, I will be writing you a strong word, worded letter of complaint for my money back for Sheffield United Villa because that was probably the worst thing I've ever watched in my life. But um, it, yeah, you, you watch those games without fans, without atmosphere, and not just that, the whole thing, you know, balls on plinths and people running around in masks and substitutes sat 20 metres apart and all it's it's not it's just not real football. It's not. I don't care what anyone says. I can't take these games particularly seriously. It might have the Premier League anthem and it might have all the emblems and it might have all the all the fancy wording and, and advertising and everything. This does not feel like real football to me. And I will not look back on this season, even if we finish fourth. I will not look back on this season and say, yeah, what a season, brilliant. Just like Liverpool fans, you know, enjoy your trophy. You'll always have a massive asterisk. You just will facts so to me it this season is a little bit of a write-off now whatever we can glean from it great and just sort of remember that we have played man city tonight it's not like we've played you know villa at home and lost three now so we do have to look at this game and go realistically what did we expect we all hoped we all hope we turned up but i think the only chance we really had tonight is if we'd have gone one nil up and sat on it and, and obviously we didn't do that so I know I've been a little bit a little bit down, but better times will come. We'll win a few more games for, for the rest of the season, and let's just hope to God that the that Arteta is a strong enough personality, which I think he is, to go to the board in the summer and say, right, as Josh said, as Carl said, it's project youth, and we go with what we've got on the inside, and we get rid of the high high earners, or we go balls to the wall and spend some serious money and try and make a splash again. But I'm not convinced that that's what our owner wants to do right now. So let's let's invest in the future and, and let's all be patient. Um, and I can't wait for Brighton and the inevitable uh, meltdown when the team's announced at 20 to 3. That's always a highlight. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way forward, isn't it? Um, Josh, your final thoughts, mate. <laughs> yeah, uh, similar to kind of Chris. Whilst we're still playing terrible football and um, we're losing, I'm still going to kind of see it as a friendly you know, that seemed like a charity shield kind of game, that yeah. one. It didn't really feel right. Um, we are coming into a lot of winnable fixtures now. I think the fact that they 
plonked that Man City one in for when we came back was a bit annoying, really. You know why they did it, but, you know, they could have given it, let us have a little run-up to that one. It's like when we get given Man City the first game of the season. You're like, great, thanks, give us a run-up for that one. But, you know, we've got Brighton next. We've got Southampton uh, on the Thursday. So I would say, yeah, uh, this time next week-ish, you know, as we're now into Thursday. And then on, uh, (laughs) yeah, then Sheffield United, uh, Norwich City at home. Then it's like Wolves, Leicester, North London Derby, Liverpool. Yeah, there's we're getting into a dodgy run, but we get this nice little kind of crest of a wave, hopefully, that we can build our way up. And I think that's the kind of positive spin that I'd have on it. Uh, Brighton will be a difficult game for us. It generally is. Graham Potter has managed to, you know, rumble us quite a few times that every time he's played, we've come up against him, he's given us problems. So I wouldn't be completely put out if we didn't necessarily were as convinced. We weren't as convincing, but uh, overall, I think the thing that will hurt us most is the injuries we lost rather than the result. And I think not having Xhaka for the rest of the season, potentially, depending on how bad those ligaments are. You know, Mustafi got a knock. Pablo Mari had to come off. I think that's where we might see a bit of an issue. Um, I still think we could finish in Europe. And to be honest, I think we need to be in some form of European competition next season. I don't think, uh, as much as Project Youth sounds amazing, whilst financial fair play still kind of exists, I don't think we could get back into the position of being a top four side. You can see how many times teams in mid-table have gone and kind of dropped themselves down and then tried to push back up again and just can't push back up. Yeah, Man United, they've tried to go Project Youth. We've seen probably Spurs are the side that kind of bounce back down and bounce up in terms of bottom table. I don't want to take lessons from them, but we need to be... I think we still need to bring in big quality players to supplement our um, young players. But it's getting that balance right. And I think it's a little bit askew at the moment. Okay. Okay. Carl. Um, it's the first game. It's against Man City. So we can't have to have some allowances. No, we didn't play well. Unfortunately, we didn't. But I think um, what we need, the lessons we need to take from this game is that you know, we can't switch off no matter who you play. You, you just can't, you cannot switch off. This is a high level game when you need concentration all the time. Um, you know, it was, it was mistakes today. It was a mistake, two mistakes from David Dibbies, unfortunately, cost us the game. Um, had David Dibbies not made those mistakes, what would have happened? Who knows? But we move on. We go to Brighton and we, and we see what can happen, you know, Back in the day, where you would have thought, "Oh, going away to Brighton, easy win." Unfortunately, it's not that anymore. But you know, we can only you can only play what's put in front of you, and you can only play the players that we have available. I, I, I do hope that Arsenal. I never want Arsenal to lose ever. There's never a time I ever want Arsenal to lose. Um, I want us to do as well as possible. I want us to lift the lift the FA Cup at the end of the season. Um, the future. Uh, the future at the moment looks bleak for Arsenal. No, no matter what you, the way you look at it, it does. We need 
serious investment in this club and investment in the right places as well. You know, it's all well and good. Us getting a nice winger, brilliant. It's nice. But like Jason said, we need centre midfielders. We really do. We kind of need uh, a centre-back. We need competition for a right-back. And whether Suarez from Southampton is the right person, he's free. Will we sign him? Who knows? But, you know, it's... I don't want to be too doom and gloom. It's the first game. We played Manchester City away. We know Arsenal don't have a best away record. Had we had played, I don't know, Norwich and we had put in that sort of performance, then yeah, it's time to, to start worrying. But against Man City, much better teams than us will have lost to Man City. And, you know, we just got to pull our socks up now, forget about these results and just focus on Brighton. Absolutely, fine. Absolutely. Um, that's it for tonight. Um, we've been going for a hell of a lot longer than we meant to. Uh, apologies, but there was a lot to say. It, you know, it's it's it, there's three months of pent up frustration, and it's kind of poured out. So, um, thank you for being with us. You know, chat box has been superb as usual. Some brilliant banter back and forth there. But a couple of Chelsea fans in there were quite decent. A couple of dickheads as well, but God knows where they were from. Um, it's nice to be back. Thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. We'll be back. Um, the game's on Saturday at 3 p.m. We're back after that, after the game. It's myself, Corey, and Shredder. Um, John Welsh may join us if he's about, but he's busy, busy with work. Yeah, it's not back. Football's back. It's been a difficult time for a lot of people. There's a lot of things happening in the world. Please take care of yourselves. You know, um, if you're struggling with anything, speak to somebody. You need to go to the doctors. Do it. Don't let yourselves down and try to be good to one another. That's it from us. We're back on Saturday with the live show. Thank you for being part of it. Good to have you back. Love you. Keep it Arsenal. Take care. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>